We're in for a real treat. Uh, as you heard Dr. Holly mentioned, we have an alum up here, uh, Will Way. Uh, if, if you talk to different faculty and staff on campus, some would say, you know what, he was a student athlete. Others would say he was a part of our prestigious honors college. Uh, others would say, you know what, he was involved in student senate. He was the student body vice president. There's a lot of things that this guy did on, on our campus, but I think the thing that I remember him most for and most fondly for is he gave his life to Jesus in that baptistry right out there uh, before he graduated. So, Will, come on up so we can pray for you. You guys are in for a treat. Uh, let's pray for Will, and then he'll begin. Father, we love you, and uh, we thank you for this time. Uh, Spirit, I ask you to use Will. I'm excited to hear what you have placed on his heart, and it's been so neat to see him plug in and engage and recognize that this is a place that loves him, a place that values him, and this is a place that he loves and values. So use us, or use Will during this time, and bless us through him. We thank you so much. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Will Way, everybody. Thank you all so much. Good morning. It has been a while, but... Back in my day, we had a tradition to start these things off with a joke. And my, mine's more of a story, really. So I, I heard about these two women who died and went to heaven. And Peter met him at the gate and said, you two are going to be so happy here as long as you follow one simple rule. Don't step on a duck. If you step on a duck, they make a terrible racket. So the two women went on their way. And about a week later, one of the ladies stepped on a duck. And Peter came up to her with this extremely unattractive man. Nothing appealing about him. He was ugly. And he chained them together. And he said, your punishment for stepping on that duck is you have to be chained to this man. Now, seeing this, the other woman was extremely careful. And about a month later, Peter came up to her with this really attractive man. Big muscles, amazing physique, looked like a movie star. And he chained them together. The woman was thrilled. She looked at the man and said, wow, I don't know what I did to get chained to you. Man looked back at her and said, I'm not sure what you did, ma'am, but I stepped on a duck. (laughs) I want to, uh, I, I want to talk today about something that I have a lot of experience in and that's dating, but more specifically, my expertise lies in the areas of heartbreak and singleness. And these ideas really come from two podcasts I listen to. One's called The Porch. One's called Becoming Something. They're both based out of Texas. And I 100% encourage you to give them a listen if you haven't already. A lot of us begin what I'm going to call the season of singleness after a breakup. We start this season because of heartbreak. And so that's where I want to start. Because in my mind, you can't move forward until you heal a broken heart. But the good news is I think that Jesus gave us the answer on how we heal a broken heart, and it's the same way that we heal anything on our body that's broken. Back when I was a a student here, I was playing in this intramural ultimate frisbee game, and I I jumped up to catch this pass, and I caught it, and I was shoved from behind pretty hard. He must have been like an unbeliever or something. But, But I caught it, I fell, and landed right on my knee. And when I stood up, my kneecap, which you know is supposed to be going this way, was literally over here. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and the first thing I did was pass out. But when I came back, <laughs> when I came back, I wasn't like, take me to Burger King. I don't know why I said Burger King. No, I was like, take me to the hospital. Take me to the doctor. Take me to someone who knows what to do with this. And they take me to the doctor. Why? Because the doctor knows how to heal my broken heart. 
In the same way, you need to go to the expert, the creator of your heart when your heart is broken. Stop running to things like alcohol, pornography, Tinder, Netflix, ice cream. Those things are not the doctors of your life. So stop searching there for healing when there's only one person who can truly bring healing to your heart. And when you go to him, just like I went to that doctor, the doctor asked, what happened? Tell me everything. Where is it hurting? What are you feeling? He started touching and analyzing it. He wanted all the details because the more that I could give him, the more he better knew how to help me. In the same way, God does not want you to go to him in prayer and, and pretend like everything's fine, but that's, that's what we do. It's like our first instinct. We'll be sitting on the ground and crying and friends are coming up. Hey man, you good? Yeah, dude, I'm fine. I'm really fine. But that's, just, that's not it. We don't, we don't do that. He wants you to come to him and, and just be honest. Honest what you're feeling. It's time to go to the doctor with your broken heart. It's time to go to church. Open the Bible. Surround yourself with community. And then talk to God. Tell him what you're feeling. When he did this, it hurt. When she cheated, man, that hurt. That's the healthy healing. And, I, and I've been there. I know it hurts. But if you do that and, and you open and give your full heart to God, I promise you, you will see healing like you've never seen before. And it's not immediate. But once you do that, you'll, you'll start to process the healing. It's just important to take time to reset. After the doctor was done working on my leg, he, he wrapped it in um, essentially a cast, right? And gave me a couple of crutches. And, and the idea was to, to heal my leg, to reset and restore it. God's purpose in your breakup is to reset and restore you. The problem is, and I'd be the first one to plead guilty here, is you'd rather rebound than reset and chase after anything that will give you attention, call an ex, run to a bar, hook up, rather than go to God. Because you think, I don't want to end this. I had something good there. I don't want to start over. But I'm telling you, if it's time to break up, just like the, the cast and crutches were meant to, to force me to rest the use of my leg, breakups are meant to put you on a break and rest the use of your heart. Because your heart was not designed to fall in love and then date and break up and date and break up and date and break up. God uses that breakup and he brings healing to that breakup when you let your heart have a break. And then this break is the season of singleness. And it's important to use that time for two things. And the first and most important is to pursue Jesus. And then the second is to prepare for your future spouse. The Bible says being single is a gift. I know to that a lot of you are like, well, <laughs> I would like to explore a return policy. <laughs> and, and there's this lie going around that if you're single, there must be something wrong with you. But that's, that's simply not true. If you're single, you're not JV, you're not second class. I know this is such a church thing to say, but Jesus was single. The most complete individual to ever walk, I know it's a church thing to say, but the most complete individual to ever walk the earth in the history of history was single. And a couple of the greatest missionaries of all time were single. So I do believe that's a gift, but it's a matter of using that gift for the sake of the kingdom. The issue out there is there's a lot of people that have this gift of singleness, but they're using this time to, to sow their wild oats rather than go on mission trips, mentor kids, serve in the church, or, or learn the Bible because that's what this time is for. 
but we use it to seek self-pleasure. And when we do things differently than how God intended, than what the Bible says, whether that be money, sex, or singleness, just doesn't turn out as good as it can be. So use this time to pursue Jesus. And then the second one, to prepare for your future spouse, because that's what we're doing, right? And dating, we're trying to find that person that we're going to marry. And uh, aside from following Jesus, the most important decision that you're going to make in your life is who your spouse is. That's your teammate. It's the person you're going to be spending most of your time with. And it's the person that's either going to push you closer or pull you further away from God. 60% of you will be married by the time you're 30, statistically. 80% by 35. And we are in West Texas, so maybe add like 20% to each of those numbers. (laughs) But what that means is a majority of you will be married and making the single most important decision that you will make in your life this decade. So how do we use this time to make sure we get that decision right? And the answer is twofold. And the first is to eliminate toxic traits. Someone told me once that he's never met somebody with married people problems, only single people problems that were drug into marriage. Because here's the thing, what dating and marriage does is it takes a giant magnifying glass and shines it on all your issues. So what are the things in your mind that you're like, well, once I'm married or in this relationship, like that won't be a part of me. Is it like, a, like an eating disorder or maybe just lie? about little things? What is it? Because the truth is, dating and marriage does not make that go away. Doesn't make a porn addiction go away. Doesn't make a alcohol or or gambling problem disappear. In fact, it, it probably makes it worse. So if you want your next relationship to work, now's the time to work through those issues. What are the toxic traits that you could point to and say, I'm working on this today. I'm not bringing it in my next relationship and making my problem our problem. I'm not sure where this myth started that one day you just wake up in marriage or in a relationship and something's changed. Boom, my lust problem's just gone. That is not how it works. There are things that need to be worked on and now's the time to do it. So preparing for your future spouse, eliminating toxic traits, and then the second one, reevaluating priorities. What are the things, if you were to, to list them out, what would you want to see in someone you're dating and, and hopefully will marry one day? Because dating and marriage is not a, oh, you know when you know, kind of thing. That's a world idea that's based 100% in feelings. And feelings are real, but they're not always reliable, especially when it comes to love. The heart doesn't want what it wants. It wants what it's told, what you inform it. And I say this, know what you're looking for, but then I hear friends list and it includes things like, well, I want them to be witty because I'm not that witty and I like little personality. Or he's got to be 6'2 or taller because I'm 5'9 and I like to wear heels. And you can list these things out like, I want, him to be, I want him to be blonde or dude, I want him to be a brunette. But those aren't the priorities. So check the priorities. Evaluate your non-negotiables. And, and just to help, I have a list here of, of what it looks like. Someone who's not ready to date. What, they, uh, what they're looking for in a potential spouse. This is someone not ready to date. We love you to death. You're just in that stage of reevaluating priorities. And this is a list, someone not ready to date, what they want, what they're looking for in a potential partner. Are you ready? Top priorities. One, hot. <laughs> Witty, high salary, tall, older than me, nice car. On the other side, someone who is ready to date, what they're looking for, their top priorities. Jesus is their first love. 
They're connected, plugged into a local church. They're humble, they're teachable, and they value dating and marriage. Make the priorities the right ones. I have never heard of someone getting divorced because he wasn't witty enough. But I have seen relationships fall apart because he was selfish or because she was emotionally abusive. So evaluate the priorities and start looking for that. Find that person and commit. So, so in conclusion, if you've worked through your heartbreak, you've used this time to grow closer to God, uh, you've eliminated your toxic habits, and, and you have this great list of priorities, you're, you're ready to start dating or to start dating again. We'd like those people to stand up, move to the back of the room. We're going to do a singles mixer and, and get as many of you paired up as possible. Josh is giving me the worst look back there right now. I have to clarify it. That is a joke. The liability for that would be awful. (sighs) Some of you aren't there yet. And that's okay. The the best thing that you can do is just take these words to heart and and spend time working through past hurt and and spending time with Jesus and working on your character and and really preparing to take that next step. I want to end today with something that single people like myself are very, very good at. Um, and that's unsolicited dating advice. And this is, this is completely free of charge. There's this guy on YouTube, his name's Matthew Husey, and he, and he talks a lot about the one-day wager. And, and that's taking the bet that one day someone's going to change. One day they're just going to wake up and give you everything you want. They say they don't want kids, but they're going to. They say they don't want marriage, but they'll change. And you bet your time on that. Later on, when you meet the right person, you're going to wish you had more time with them. You're going to wish you had 10 more, 20 more, 30 more years with that person. You're going to wish you had three more lifetimes with the right person. So don't waste precious time that you do have in this one lifetime with someone who's unsure about you or or someone who's not pursuing Jesus Someone who doesn't meet those priorities, because if you do it, it eventually always leads to heartbreak. And I'd have to come back and do this whole speech again. The best piece of dating advice that I've ever gotten is if you're single, run hard after Jesus, and then look around and see who's keeping up. Because that's the person you want. And that's the person worth committing to. And that's the person that will commit to you. Build that foundation, and that happiness will come. Thank you all so much for having me out here. It's been a blast this week. You all are dismissed.